All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. We got news to talk about. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live. It's Thursday, February 29th, a leap year. Frank, can you believe it? We're live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, and the show, as always, is presented by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. Frank Cervalli, the man who barely sleeps. What's going on? Yeah, I'm a tired and grouchy individual today, so I apologize in advance. But uh, yeah, sleep has been hard to come by around here. Yeah, and uh, you had one of the big scoops yesterday, a massive one out of Vancouver. We have a ton of trade talk. There's a new top 10 on the trade targets we're going to get to later on in the show. But let's start with the news you broke yesterday. Elias Pettersson and the Vancouver Canucks are closing in on a long-term deal. Frank, you had the info last night. And I guess, you know, over the last week, there's been some concern, I think, amongst Canucks fans about the long-term future of Pettersson. So I guess my first question to you is, (laughs) What changed? Well, it's certainly a massive development for the Canucks because this market was on fire over the weekend and heading into the beginning of this week that I believe Pedersen went to the Canucks and just said, enough of the noise, enough of the nonsense. Let's do this. Let's get it done. And they had been waiting for that moment for a long time. Um, They had been trying to get his side to engage and, really had been all over it basically since November on really trying to get an answer, get him signed up to whatever kind of deal he wanted, whether it was four years, five years, or the max eight years, they wanted to ensure that they have their, you know, top 
arguably top player and face of their franchise locked up for the foreseeable future for a team that is in pure Stanley Cup contender mode. So once that happened, uh, again, not done, but it's been a significant development over the last 48 to 72 hours for the Canucks who have been working hard at trying to nail down and put on the finishing touches of what's believed to be an eight year deal that, um, you know, could stretch to a hundred million dollars in that range. So it's significant for Pedersen, but it's a huge piece of business if they can get it over the finish line for the Vancouver Canucks. So just to speculate on the cost somewhere North of Pasternak, South of Matthews in that range there. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty fair um, set of uprights for the Vancouver Canucks to kick through. And I don't think to, I don't think dollars have been an issue. I think the Canucks have been really malleable on almost all of the process here. They just wanted to get it done, whether it's, as I mentioned, term or whatever the AAV looks like. They just want to get him signed up. And the path to doing that is open right now in a way that hadn't been for months. The Canucks and Swedish superstars is certainly a match made in heaven, and it sounds like Elias Pettersson will be spending the bulk of his prime in Vancouver. Quickly on the Canucks' deadline plans, you now have this question mark kind of erased when it comes to the long-term future of your franchise. You said it. They are firmly in Stanley Cup contender mode. Do you think Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford are getting itchy to maybe add a little bit more to this team now and keep the momentum going? Well, they're, they're always itchy. I mean, they're the most aggressive front office in the league, and I don't think that there's a close second right now in terms of how they've transformed this team over the last calendar year. They've made their big splash already with Lindholm. I, I don't know that they're going to go out and make another big one, but I'd be very surprised if we get to between now and March 8th at 12 p.m. Pacific time if they don't go out and make another move of some kind to either – strengthen the bottom six of this team, which has markedly improved over the last year or their defense core with another insurance piece. So uh, stand by as you will. But um, I think the Canucks are certainly in a prime position to do so. At least now, potentially you could consider some other options that you hadn't before. If you wanted to go after a player that has term, you now have provided that the Pedersen deal gets done a much better line of sight on what your books look like for the future. Yeah. Uh, the trade market was incredibly quiet over the last couple of weeks, but that changed last night as the Calgary Flames sent defenseman Chris Tanev to Texas. He's going to be a Dallas star. And back on Valentine's Day, Frank, when you did your deadline matchmaker segment, this is a, a duo that you connected, the Dallas Stars and Tanev. And over the last couple of weeks, whenever we'd talk about the Stars, I was like, man, that forward group, is so damn good. The blue line was already good. You got Ottinger, but we kept saying, you know, you add that one piece on the blue line and it really looked like Tanev was that guy. And man, we can see on our screen here with our DFO lines, how deep that blue line now looks. This was a, speaking of matches made in heaven, Tanev in the stars was exactly that. Yeah, I love it from a pure stylistic standpoint. As I've mentioned a few times, the stars... I think have a style of play that is so translatable to the playoffs, which is why I picked them to win the Stanley cup. And that was in the preseason. I don't feel any reason to alter those predictions right now. Um, I think they've got just as good a chance as any. Um, and when you talk about translating their decor 
can play any style you want. They can skate like the wind. They're really efficient moving the puck, but they didn't have anyone on their back end that eats pucks. No big shot blocker. And that's what Chris Tanev is. He's second in the league. The stars were 22nd. So that number will go up. And I think just an overall efficiency, he isn't fast, doesn't move the puck incredibly well, but he makes these real simple little plays to help get the puck to forwards that I think will be really beneficial for the stars as well. He can help you out in front of the net. And I think fit wise, this is perfect for Dallas. And I love the fact for them that for a team that's drafted in the NHL, like nobody's business, they didn't give up their first round pick. They didn't give up any of their top prospects and they gave up a decent conditional pick. That's only if the stars go to the Stanley cup final, a decent bet for the flames to make. Um, but from that perspective, I really like just about every aspect of this deal for Dallas. Yeah. The third round pick. I mean, if you end up going to a cup final, who cares that you gave up another third round pick? You will not remember that at all. What would you say to the flame? Cause you said, I, and I love the price Dallas paid as well. Not giving up the first round pick, not giving up one of the top prospects. What would you say to the flames fans who are maybe a little bit underwhelmed by this return? I would say that this is where the market was trending the whole time. I read off a list of players uh, earlier today on the DFO rundown, which we really went in depth on a lot of these different trades. But here are the players that got a first-round pick among defensemen uh, in a trade return over the last calendar year. Carlson, Provorov, Chikrin, Orlov, Hironik, Gavrikov, Ekholm. And there's two different cases. Sandine, who's 12 years younger than Tanev and a previous first-round pick and Jake McCabe, who had two years retained at half price, only $2 million. Those are different cases, but Tanev doesn't fit in that category of defensemen. And the market had clearly dictated to the Flames that um, this the second-round pick was going to be the limit. Now, instead of getting a conditional first, if they went to the cup final, they were able to get a third instead, and that's an additional pick instead of just one, potentially. Um, it could now be two picks. But the key for the Flames here was that they really liked Artem Grushnikov, who is physical, he's got a mean, nasty edge to his game, and they feel like he's someone that um, that could find his way to the NHL. I think a lot of people target him, the scouts that I trust, more along the lines of being a third-pair defenseman. But if he makes it to the league, again, this is a guy in Tanev that wasn't coming back. And now the Flames can set their sights and have their plate clear to focus solely on Noah Hannafin, who we'll get to when we talk about the trade targets list. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. There's one more area I wanted to hit on with you when it comes to this, and it's the involvement of the New Jersey Devils. One, what do you make of a team that, I mean, hasn't really indicated there'll be sellers getting in the mix and retaining some money. And also, I know, I know it's tough to read and it's long and drawn out, but there was a player that had to go back in this. And that's something that's probably going to be a factor in a couple of other deals, this new kind of wrinkle in the CBA. Yeah. And someone had mentioned to me, not necessarily a wrinkle, but something that I don't think we all picked up on, but I would say the devil's involvement in this chef's kiss, like mm -hmm. just smart thinking here. They've got a lot of LTIR space, more cap space than they could possibly use. So they leverage some of that cap space and get a fourth round pick in return. It's basically you're like paying for a draft pick. 
But here's what's important about that is because the Devils may be involved in the mix and other deals over the next week, that's just more collateral that they could throw into as part of a package to get something else done that they want. So cap space, use or lose. You can't take it with you. You might as well spend it. And for the Devils in that spot, I think a really smart move to be involved. And oh, by the way, that just keeps the lines of communication open between Tom Fitzgerald and Craig Conroy, two proud Americans who have been what? Talking about Jacob Markstrom over the last month. What a beautiful transition, Frank. You threw that right on a tee for me. The goalie market is where I want to go next. And Jacob Markstrom is the big fish. Are you hearing anything on his availability or maybe lack thereof? I think it's a thin market, but what I will say now is the Calgary Flames have absolute A prime position here on Jacob Markstrom moving forward. They're not in a rush. They don't need to move him. If New Jersey wants to rekindle things and knock their socks off between now and next Friday, be my guest is essentially their thought process, and sure, why not? But if not, Markstrom could help your team remain competitive and maybe, just maybe, if you like to root for chaos, a first-round matchup could materialize between the Flames and Dallas Stars where the Flames could potentially be uh, putting their own conditional pick at peril in that round. And I say that totally in jest. But the point is, take a look at the future goalie free agent market. I haven't done a full analysis of it yet because I'm so focused on the trades, but it looks like Capo Kakinen may be the premier goalie available on the free agent market this summer. What does that mean? If there's only potentially one team in the hunt for Markstrom right now, the Flames could have that market totally cornered when it comes to this summer and have four, five, six teams that might want to get their hands on Jacob Markstrom Teams that are looking to change up their mix, teams that are looking to be more competitive or perhaps allocate more dollars to goaltending and stabilize their position, the Flames are in an absolute no-lose position when it comes to Markstrom moving forward. So if the trade market could potentially be strong in the sense that teams will be willing to pay a lot in the summer, does that also maybe apply to some other teams? Could you see Montreal going, maybe we don't have to move Jake Allen. Could Washington say, ooh, Charlie Lindgren's going to be worth a lot to us on that draft floor yeah. come June, or do you think they're itching to move? Yeah, no, I think that's certainly where things would be trending for Charlie Lindgren. They're going to have a ton of value on their hands and no real reason for Washington to do it now. But I would say with regards to Allen that if there is a goalie to move between now and next Friday, the best bet would be Allen. I think the, the Habs are motivated to do that. I think they're motivated to clean up their crease a little bit after carrying three goalies all season. They've got one routine salary transaction slot left available, and Allen could be that guy. And the intriguing part about Allen is you could knock him down to half price 1.9 million bucks this year and next. I know people are down on Allen's game, but I'm not. His first 353 games played in the NHL, 9-11 save percentage. I think he's been playing with a tough team in front of him, and I think perhaps he's one of those guys that could maybe use a change of scenery that I see no reason why he can't bounce back. Yeah, we'll see Jake Allen. Maybe the maybe the only goalie who could move between now and the deadline when you look at the market. Frank, we're going to continue the trade talk in a little bit, but I wanted to talk about something else that came through the hockey world yesterday, and it's a couple of changes that the PWHL announced, and I want to start with 
call it the PWHL pick'em when it comes to the 2024 playoffs. The top four teams are going to make it, but first place is going to have the ability to choose their opponent. I absolutely love this. Again, like a lot of things the PWHL has done, I think they walk that line of being different and unique and eye-catching without going too far into like an XFL gimmicky style league. I absolutely love this. That's such a great way to frame it, and you did it better than I could. Um, that's sort of along the lines of what I was thinking is this is spicy and I think it's only going to get spicier once the league continues to expand and put more teams in more markets because on the whole right now, picking between three and four, if you're the number one seed really isn't all that interesting. But when there's other teams in the mix and you have an eight or 10 or 12 team league, all of a sudden, then it could be really intriguing. And same thing with the draft position. Um, with such a, you know, such a small sample size and such a small team pool, the chase for this number one overall pick that will begin um, for those bottom two teams. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Whoever picks up the most points is going to get that number one pick intriguing it wouldn't work for me at the nhl level but i'm all for trying new things and certainly this is definitely different yeah i, I agree with you on the nhl thing i was thinking of this yesterday and i was like boy can you imagine a scenario where right now like the anaheim ducks and the whoever else is at the bottom is like oh no we're keeping all of our ufas because we actually want to win a bunch of games down the stretch to get the first overall pick it would totally kill the trade deadline and it would mess with values like i like it for the bwhl but i saw some people like ah oh, maybe the nhl is this a way to curb tanking it doesn't curb tanking at all really no and really what it does is it puts teams that actually really need those top picks at a significant disadvantage because they're already at a real talent disparity as it is yeah uh, but still, interesting stuff. Really liking what we continue to see out of the PWHL. Frank, let's get back into the trade talk with today's big segment. It's a new edition of Icebreakers. Icebreakers, as always, delivered by DoorDash. 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app 
and enter the promo code NATION25. Take advantage of the Double Dash feature, which lets you add a second stop on your DoorDash order for zero extra delivery fees. Download the app, use the promo code today, and dash that for the win. Frank, it's new trade targets day as we are about eight days away from the NHL trade deadline. And we talked about Chris Tanev earlier in the show. He's gone off the board. Noah Hannafin, though, still there. What's the latest on the Flames defenseman? Well, as mentioned, the Flames can now focus almost solely and completely on Hannafin. And it's going to require a ton of attention and effort because right now, Noah Hannafin essentially is holding the Calgary Flames hostage. What does that mean? How could that possibly be the case? Officially, he only has an eight-team no-trade list. So theoretically, the Flames could trade him to any of the other 23 teams that aren't on his no list. The problem is, because he's a pending unrestricted free agent, he's flexed a little bit of muscle here, and he's provided Calgary with some of his preferred destinations. And more than that, other teams that are potential suitors, all the Hannafin camp has to do is whisper to them, we're not re-signing here long-term. And that's essentially what's happened here. So there's a list of preferred destinations where he would consider signing long-term, There's a very small list, if any, that would consider him in a pure rental fashion. And who exactly is on that list for Hannafin? I can tell you that I've confirmed that the two teams in Florida are most definitely on the list, Tampa Bay and the Florida Panthers. Outside of that, it's some speculation and guesswork, but I would say that some of the other teams on Hannafin's preferred destination list include Vegas, Los Angeles, and Boston. Now, here's the problem tying a bunch of those teams together, including Boston and the two teams in Florida. They don't have first-round picks. And Florida and Tampa specifically don't have first-round picks until 2026. So what the Flames are dealing with is a limited market here where as part of the acquisition cost, an acquiring team also would then likely need to sign him to an extension, which further limits the acquisition cost, and few assets. All I'm telling you is the Flames are going to get for Noah Hannafin or should more than they got for Chris Tanev. My question is how much more and how much of a grind will this be over the next eight days? So if you're a Flames fan who is disappointed in the return for Tanev, giddy up is what you're saying? (laughs) I would say instead, judge Craig Conroy when it's all said and done on the totality return package for five pending unrestricted free agents to Foley, Zadaroff, Lindholm, Hannafin, and Tanev. And then we can talk. Interesting. So Chris Tanev, out of your top 10, obviously, someone's got to take that spot. And the name is, drum roll, Sean Walker in Philadelphia. Frank, he is up to number two, certainly looking more likely than not he's on the move, correct? Yeah, I mean, look, the Flyers have been engaged in what I would call substantive negotiations with Walker and uh, Nick Sealer's camp over the last couple weeks. And I think they've been scared away by the ask. Now, that's not to say that an extension can't materialize, but the way I would handicap it right now is that it's more likely than not that Walker will be on the move. Sealer is a bit of a wild card because I think his number was maybe slightly more palatable, but some of the early indications seem to indicate that Walker was looking for somewhere in the neighborhood of $5 million a year 
on an extension that was multiple years, three or four years, whatever it might be. And the Flyers are looking at that saying, hey, he's played great this year. He's been a valuable addition, but I don't think they're in any position to be locking up their blue line for the next number of years at that type of price level. So I think the likelihood of a trade has been ratcheted up. The only thing the Flyers are trying to juggle between now and then is, which I don't think they'll get lost in because it's all about the long view, but Rasmus Ristolainen is out as well as Jamie Drysdale for the next few weeks. So if you were to potentially trade Walker and or Sealer between now and the deadline, you're talking about potentially cutting off completely your team's playoff chances and the Flyers could drop like a rock in the standings. So that's why they're pretty considerate when it comes to what happens next. The Flyers, I think, are looking for a second round pick, probably a package not all that different than Tanev, and he is significantly younger than Tanev, so certainly within the realm of possibility. But keep an eye on Walker as we get closer to next Friday. Interesting. Let's move along to the forward market. Two teammates within your top five are Riley Smith and Jay Gensel, but they've played a friendly little game of leapfrog here. Frank, why do you have Riley Smith ahead of Gensel on this list? Because sources indicate the Pittsburgh Penguins have received more interest and more teams interested so far in Riley Smith than Jay Gensel. Surprised? Maybe you shouldn't be. It's not because of Gensel's injury. It's just because... Smith is not a rental. He has one year left on his deal next year at 5 million bucks. And he hasn't been a fit in Pittsburgh. Let's not get this twisted, but he is someone that was a huge playoff contributor to the Vegas golden Knights last year. And someone that I think a lot of teams believe that they could rehab, particularly if the Pittsburgh penguins are willing to retain half on Smith to juice a return. So maybe that opens up a door that they get a haul for Smith and maybe roll the dice and keep Gensel. I'd still be surprised if that's the case, but the Gensel transaction isn't necessarily cut and dry either. They should be asking for an absolute haul for him because of him being the most impactful forward on our board north of a point per game in four of the last five seasons. So all that to say, Smith is certainly in demand from the Penguins, and they're in a spot now in the standings where they probably can't ignore some of those calls. Another set of teammates in your top 10, Nick Dowd and Anthony Mantha in Washington. This has the potential to be a very busy deadline for Capitals GM Brian McClellan. What's the market like for a guy like Dowd? I think we get the sense it's pretty strong. And then also Mantha, who is a bit of an interesting case. He is, and what I would say about the Caps in general before we continue is my understanding is they really haven't engaged with teams on trade discussions yet because they're trying to put the pedal down and make the playoffs, and they're really not far off. You know, I think eye test-wise, we look at the Caps, and not very many have taken them seriously this season based on the way that it's unfolded, although they've been markedly better under Spencer Carberry, who is unquestionably a really good coach. They are currently six points back of the Flyers with two games in hand. So they're not in full sell mode, but there's a ton of possibilities on this Caps team to move. Strong interest in Nick Dowd, who's expected to be back in the next couple days here. He's been out since February 20th. Mantha is having his best season in five years. He's a pending UFA, a big body guy who's certainly ton uh, has tons of talent. 
but his work ethic ha- and compete has been called into question among scouts and managers. You've got Joel Edmondson, an insurance piece on the back end. And I'll throw one more name in the mix that's on our trade targets board and certainly rose a bit would be Max Pacioretty. Name to keep an eye on. Only a $2 million salary cap hit. The second player in Caps franchise history other than Alex Ovechkin to uh, have a no-move clause. So he is in complete and total control here. But if the Caps are out, I wonder if a team like the Florida Panthers' limited assets could be a good fit for Pacioretty as we get closer. And that cap hit being chopped in half by the Caps and only being $1 million would be very enticing for a guy like Pacioretty. Lastly, Frank, I'll tell you what, though. The Cats, by the way, the Florida Panthers are certainly working the phones. They're trying to find fits and ways to improve this team uh, with a Walmart-type budget in terms of uh, assets that they've got there. (laughs) Always an interesting challenge this time of year for a team like Florida, who a couple years ago, Drew went all in, and now you kind of sit there. It's like, oh, God, in 2020 when you go and go we're trading our 2025 our 2026 first rounders it's like oh those are so far away who cares and you get to this one it's like oh crap we have nothing to spend uh another guy having a great year frank vetrano on pace for 37 goals and music to gm's ears frank he comes with term and a pretty good cap hit as well is the market starting to heat up on this guy It is, and certainly some eyebrows raised on Wednesday. Ducks GM Pat Verbeek in the building at Madison Square Garden. Frank Vitrano, previously of the New York Rangers, they liked the fit there. Here's what I'm told on Vitrano. The Ducks are not really all that enthused or intrigued about the idea of trading him because part of the problem is you trade Vitrano and then you need to go out and find the next Frank Vitrano for next season. But they also recognize that at this juncture with Vitrano's cap hit at just $3.65 million for next year, he's close to touching 30 goals for the first time in his career. That's extraordinary value and way more valuable for contending teams in the hunt than it is to a team like Anaheim, given where they are in the standings. So they may be forced into making a Vitrano trade with an offer that they can't refuse. And I would keep the Rangers on the list of those teams that have certainly been in pursuit of Vitrano. Like drinking out of a fire hose. Tons of information in today's edition of Icebreakers as trade talk is only heating up more. That full new trade targets list is coming later on today at dailyfaceoff.com. That's a wrap for today's Icebreakers delivered by DoorDash. Uh, let's move along quickly to our daily face-off inbox question brought to you by Tourism Jasper. Head to jasper.travel to find out how you can make the most of the last few weeks of winter in the Rockies. Joe was in. He wants to know which player or maybe which GM you could see being the next one to make a, a splash. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I up? always look at the West. I mean, Colorado, Vegas, and Edmonton. Now that Dallas has acted... They've kept their powder dry. All three of those teams are making trades between now and next Friday. I don't know when, but one of those three. We know there are six legitimate cup contenders out West, and we've speculated that this could turn in to a little bit of an arms race. Vancouver's made their splashes. Dallas has as well. I think that's a great point on the rest of the teams in the West. Let's move along to our daily bets for Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. Frank, a couple of plays for you tonight. 
the Toronto Maple Leafs on the puck line, taking on the Arizona Coyotes. They handled the Coyotes incredibly easy earlier a, a week ago when they went down to Arizona, and I like them to do it again. Joe Wall is making his return to the crease as well. Toronto's been a pretty decent home bet this season, so give me the puck line at nearly even money. For my shot prop parlay today, a couple of players. Bobby McMahon came through for me earlier in the week. He has been on a great pace with this number at one and a half over his last 10 games. And Jack Roslevic of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not He didn't see him in the top 10 of the trade targets board. Don't care about that. I care about the fact he's hit seven straight shot props. Frank, he's been over this number a ton as of late. Play these two together at a very nice plus 164. The better question, Frank, are we going to roll over Matthew's two plus goals against the Yotes again? Are we going to squad right on that? No, I'm, that was a one-time thing trying to get to 50. Ah, the old one and done. Uh, let's wrap up the show with Garbage Time, brought to you by Wendy's and the Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool. Download the Wendy's app today and score 150 bonus rewards points. Head to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to see if you can move on, like myself and Frank Saravalli. We're on to the third day, Frank. What are you going with? Charlie Coyle, to get a point, he has one in 36 of the Bruins' 60 games this year that he's played. That's... I don't know. Math says that's a good bet, better than some of these other ones. Uh, I would peg Winnipeg's chances against Dallas at 51%, according to some analytical models. That's the only other one I would really consider. I know you like, we're thinking about the Erickson Eck to not score. I just don't like rooting for people to not do stuff. I don't mind being a hater. Lock me in. Joel Erickson Eck under half a goal tonight. He hasn't scored in four straight for the wild, although he is having a hell of a season. So I'm nervous. But I'm going with my gut, Eric Sinek, under half a goal. Uh, last night in the NHL, Frank, it was Connor McDavid stealing the show on national TV, potting the OT winner, and then having some fun with the TNT crew afterwards. You can hear him you. singing right there. Before that, Connor, he was wondering uh, why you lied to us and said you weren't going to shoot the puck again. He was expecting you to pass, I think, on that final one. <laughs> well, there was no one to pass to. Um, <laughs> I was looking, but uh, just decided to shoot it. Uh, he also joked in the room after that he was looking for Zach Hyman, but Himes must have, quote, given up on the play. So Connor McDavid last night, when the spotlight's brightest, he shines through again, gives the Oilers a second straight win. And he's come out of his shell a little bit over the last week. Yeah, I enjoy the humor of at being asked about the goalless drought. And he says, no, I'm going to stop shooting. I mean, this is the best player in the world. It's only a matter of time before he scores again. And now he's back on track. And uh, even just that one goal. Certainly more than the other Connor, who's also not piling up any assists. Mr. Brown, what a tough run it's been for him in Edmonton. Yeah, tough go for him also just quickly on McDavid. That celebration of just kind of straight face, snap the chin strap off for no reason. That went hard. Rogers' place was electric last night as you were this win in overtime. Low-key six, Ellie. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. All right, that is a wrap on today's edition of the show. Tomorrow, Stephen Ellis also mock trades we're doing a little who says no with listener submitted deals on tomorrow's show you won't want to miss it a fun friday lined up we'll chat with you at noon eastern thanks for tuning in to daily face off live make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.